0: Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 598 of our three-year journey through the Word of God. And we come now to the book of 1 John, the first letter of John. There are three letters of John toward the end of the New Testament. This is not the Gospel of John, but the letter of 1 John. And like Hebrews, this very much reads like a sermon... That was then later sent out as a letter. And the reason for that is that it doesn't have a standard letter opening. It has what reads like a sermon opening or the opening of an address. And so this is what we have in front of us. It's a great little book. We're going to be in it for a little while because, you know, every three days or so, we'll pick up another chapter, five chapters in this short book. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help as we dig in together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for your word to us. Thank you for this book of 1 John that we are entering into today. Would your Holy Spirit please come and be our teacher and our guide. Lead us into all truth that we might walk in your ways as your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is 1 John and uh, let's go ahead and dig in to chapter 1. That which was from the beginning which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. The life that was made manifest and we have seen it and testified to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. And his word is not in us. Now, John doesn't identify himself as the author of this letter. So how do we know it was written by him? Well, it clearly reads with much of the same vocabulary, much of the same thematic emphases as the Gospel of John and as the later letters of 2nd and 3rd John that we'll probably be getting into before too long here. And so there are definite connections. It definitely reads as being written by the same author, same style, uh, and same Themes. We have a heavy emphasis on light versus darkness, on life, on the eyewitness testimony of the author, on fellowship with God, on joy. And these are things that John regularly emphasizes in all of his writings. It also begins the same way as the Gospel of John, right? By hearkening back to the beginning. Remember the Gospel of John begins with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And here we have a reference to the beginning and to the Word, that which was from the beginning. But the emphasis here is on John's own eyewitness testimony, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and have touched with our hands concerning the Word of life. So 1 John one one. And John 1, 1, both make reference to the beginning and the word, the word which was from the beginning, the word of life. And of course, this is the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Logos of God, the word of God made flesh. He was manifest among us, which is exactly what John writes about in the opening of his gospel as well. So John is emphasizing here that he and the other apostles saw and heard and touched and know Jesus as the word of life made manifest to us. And this is so important because we sit here in America in the year 2023, and we think we're 2,000 years removed from the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. And how do we know? Do we know that Jesus even really was a man who lived? How do we know that he really was the son of God? Well, we have to remember that we have first-person eyewitness accounts of people who were later persecuted for what they were proclaiming and yet they held firm to their belief even in the face of intense persecution by the Roman empire remember the author of john and first john second john third john is also the author of revelation where he is in exile on the island of patmos and he does identify himself there as john And so this is the the best kind of eyewitness testimony. It's someone who was there, who knew Jesus, who heard him speak, who saw him do the miracles, who knows him personally, still enjoys fellowship with him as he's ascended to the Father and has sent his Spirit, and who held firm to what he said he had seen and heard and touched and believed and known, even in the face of intense persecution. And he wants us to know the same truth he is making known to us i love that there's no stated audience in this letter because it makes it more easy for us to receive this as it was intended which is a letter to all of us all of us who have come to believe in jesus christ all of us who have heard the gospel of jesus christ all of us who are hearing about jesus this is for us why is it being written so that the testimony of john together with the other apostles, as to what they have seen and testified to and proclaim, would be received by us so that we would have fellowship with the apostles as the, fe- the apostles have fellowship with the Father and with Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ came to manifest the Father, to bring the apostles and the disciples to the Father. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so he came and proclaimed this fellowship with the Father that was open to all who would believe in him. And John is carrying on this testimony. He says, If you believe and join in with us, our joy will be complete. The joy of knowing Christ is increased the more people who come to share in knowing Christ. It's not decreased by more believers coming in, it's increased by more believers coming in and sharing in this fellowship. So what exactly is the message? Well, John gives us a succinct version of the gospel message, starting in verse 5, and it begins with God. The gospel is not primarily a message about you and your life. It's primarily a message about who God is and what God is calling us to. God is the starting point. And what we need to know about God is that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And this is so important because we live in a day and age where people accuse God of wrongdoing. They accuse God of being hateful and bigoted and intolerant and narrow-minded and tyrannical. And that is just ridiculous. It is unhinged from reality. God is light. That means God is truth, and God is righteousness, and God is love, and God is pure and holy. In fact, in him is no darkness at all. Darkness is associated with ignorance, with lies, with deception, with manipulation, with wickedness, with with secret uh, sins. You know, and and, and God God has nothing to do with any of that. In fact, God has so much has nothing to do with any of that, that if we say we have fellowship with God through Jesus Christ, but we're walking in the darkness, that is, the pattern of our lives is lying and sinning and deceiving and hiding. If that is the ongoing pattern of our lives, which is what it means to walk in something, then we're lying and we're not practicing the truth. Those who know God because God is light are called to walk in the light of God, to walk in the truth of God, to walk in the righteousness of God, to walk in the integrity of God. And John says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's great hope. There's great forgiveness. There's great cleansing, but only for those who walk in the light. Now, that doesn't mean being sinless. You could hear, oh, I have to walk in the light as meaning, well, if I ever tell a lie, or if I ever sin, or if I ever slip into unrighteousness, then I'm disqualified. No. That is absolutely not true. Verse 8 says, and verse 10 says that that's not true. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. In fact, verse 10 says it again. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So this isn't for the self-righteous. This isn't for people who think they're perfect, right? The sort of stereotypical holier-than-thou condescending person who believes that they alone, you know, have the truth and are righteous in their life. This is not a message for people like that. It's a message for sinners, but sinners who come into the light of God, sinners who live by the truth, sinners who've come to see Jesus Christ and to enter into the fellowship of God's people with Jesus Christ to be cleansed from our sin. We We still do sin, And verse 9 tells us what to do when we sin. And that is, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 9 of chapter 1 is a familiar verse to many of us. uh, But I think sometimes we miss one of the key aspects of this verse. And that is the word just. We might expect it to say, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and merciful to forgive us our sins. Or if we confess our sins, he is faithful and, for, and forgiving or faithful and gracious or faithful and compassionate. But it's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Why is it just for God to forgive the sins of guilty sinners? It's because of what's at the end of verse 7. Because the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So there are two major traps that we could fall into as professing believers, both of which undermine the integrity of the gospel's work in our lives. The one trap is to fall into the trap of walking in the darkness of sin and just to say, all right, yeah, I know who Jesus is. I know he died on the cross for my sins. He rose again on the third day. He's the son of God. I got it. I know that that is true. But I'm going to continue walking in the darkness. I'm going to continue living like the world. I'm going to continue hiding from God. I'm going to continue being selfish and self-indulgent. I'm going to continue deceiving and being deceived. I My life will not change because of what I've heard. Well, if that's true, then we lie and we do not practice the truth. But the other trap we could fall into is to say, well, because I'm a Christian, because I know Jesus, therefore, I don't sin. I am righteous in myself. I am I'm walking in the righteous way. I'm blameless. That's not true either. We do have sin. We have sinned. If we try to say we haven't and we don't have sin, then we're deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. And in fact, we've called him a liar because God's word clearly says that all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Jesus Christ saves sinners. That means we need to be sinners to be qualified for that salvation. But Jesus Christ saves sinners. That means if Jesus saves you, he transforms your life. He draws you out of darkness into light. He draws you out of fellowship with lies and deceit and into fellowship with him and the Father and all those who belong to him, he brings you into the family of God. Sin shall no longer be your master. Satan is no longer your Lord, but Jesus is your Lord. And the Holy Spirit and the word of God and the way of light is the way of those who belong to God. Not sinlessly perfect, of course, but in humility and sincerity, in genuine integrity, seeking to walk in the light of God. Well, that is the opening of 1 John 1. What can we draw from it? Well, we can draw from it a couple of things. One is we have the good news that the world needs to hear. The world doesn't necessarily want to hear it, but the world needs to hear it. And that is there is a way for us to have fellowship with God, to be reconciled to God. And that way is through the word of life, the eternal life sent by the Father, made manifest to the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has come into the world as the word of life, as eternal life from the Father, to reconcile us to God, to bring us fellowship with God. And we need to proclaim that good news to the world. We need to tell the world their biggest need is to be reconciled to God. And the way to do that is through Jesus Christ and his reconciling work on the cross. And the second thing is that as we are proclaiming that news to the world we need to be walking in it ourselves not in a self-righteous arrogance and not in a perfectionism but in a sincere humble belief trust fellowship following walking with jesus so proclaim and live tell the truth and live the truth i think that's the simple message that we're supposed to live according to First John 1. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good news of the gospel that sets us free from our slavery to sin and death and brings us into fellowship with you. Help us to walk in that fellowship, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining me for First John chapter 1. Tomorrow, we're going to be going back to Second Chronicles, I believe. Hope you can join me for that. And again, I hope you have a blessed day in the Lord.